looking for an awesome encounter to transition the party anywhere from where they might be to where it fancies going next. Want that transition itself to be so memorable they'll want to look it out again and again? Great, then this encounter's for you. Let's get going. Hey, Scott here from VengersDecks.com. I hope you're doing okay. Welcome once more to Vengers Realm, a tavern like no other, and to episode four of this new podcast that I hope for you as a DM or GM has begun to build up a bit of steam. Every episode, I'll lay out a cool encounter you can blend into or inspire your game sessions. Once we hit 15 encounters, I'm going to pull them all together into one card deck, and I'm going to give you that deck for free. Every single encounter I lay out here is for you to use in your game. So if you let me know what kind of thing you're after, we can build this deck together so you can use it for your next session and beyond. Thank you so much for giving this little podcast a go. There are so many out there in the multiverse and I wish I had the time to lap up every single one. So for you to spend some time with me in the tavern means absolute world. And I want you to pick up some real value in it. Some encounters and tips we can share here at the table and you can use to rock your player's world. Right, so this encounter today is actually one that came to life out of another deck I've been developing. That one's a card deck packed with conflicted and unique quest givers you can use to kick off a campaign or one shot, or even as NPCs with stories to tell in any session the party meets them. You can pick up that deck as a patron at patreon.com forward slash fingers decks. And one of those memorable quest givers that I've introduced is someone called Arok the Ferryman. So as always, let's read through this encounter card and then we'll delve into the meat of it. Or the veg if you don't like meat. Okay, so this one is called The Ferry. The hook in the encounter is that at the edge of any body of water the party encounters, be it sea, river, stream, in wilderness, civilization, or dungeon, it spots a fight breaking out. It's between two sets of people, each of which seek passage on a ferry. The ferryman, Arok, sits patiently, smiling as he appears distracted by a small bird perched in his boat. In one of the groups is someone the party knows or has been looking for. Both groups need to secure passage right away and claim their need is of the utmost importance. Maybe the party could also benefit from swift passage somewhere. The groups each mention passage being sought to strange places that don't appear to make sense given where the body of water is. And the dramatic question is, will the party get involved? And if so, will it diffuse or inflame the situation? So then we turn to the conflict in the encounter. And the conflict is if the party becomes embroiled in this, it may descend into a battle or negotiation with distraction even used if the party seeks to bypass the groups and jump onto the boat. It may turn out that Arok can ferry anyone to any body of water on any plane, but his price is one copper piece and the party's navigation. Meaning at some point, for example, soon it might find itself totally lost. Everyone, including the person known by the party, wants on that boat and will do anything to get on it or to stop others doing the same. Turning out to the resolution, however it comes about, the battle or negotiation will resolve, gruesomely or not. Arok will still be happy to ferry whoever pays him the price and will be full of glorious tales of his many strange journeys. The party may get a chance to speak to the person it knows in one of the groups. That person's needs might conflict with those of the party. Perhaps they want to travel right now to a place the party cannot go or does not want to go. And the twist in the encounter? Those who don't manage to secure passage 
First, might remember the presence of the party, perhaps blaming it for their delayed travel plans and the consequences which flowed from them. Maybe this ends up with a hunt for the party, sworn enemies having just been made. Or if one of the groups uh, don't secure passage, maybe as a direct result of their not being where they should be, something happens or fails to happen, which of itself leads to a problem for the party. So how about this one, right? It's a cool example of how you can take a card from one encounter deck and mix it in with another card, even one from a separate deck, to create something memorable, something magical. And to give you a better idea about that, yeah, why not? Before we move on, let's read out Arok's card from the patron deck. So the hook in this card is that Arok, a heavy bearded man with bejeweled braids and his otherwise tangled hair, clothed in rich red and gold robes, sits in a boat large enough for the party, an oar on his lap, laughing heartily at a small frog sitting in the blade of the oar. The frog jumps into the water if the party approaches. Arok can be found on any body of water, for example at the edge of a lake, sea, river, sewer, or even a dungeon pool. He's genuinely fascinated and overjoyed in everything the party talks about and offers safe passage wherever they wish. He makes it clear that wherever they wish means anywhere. He and his boat can travel to any body of water on any plane, except his other oar has been stolen and he needs this to travel round trips. And the dramatic question for Arok the Ferryman is who stole this oar and where will the party travel if it recovers the oar? The conflict for Arok is that his price for passage is one copper piece each and their navigation. He regrets that he cannot explain further, but that is the price although he will waive the one copper piece if the party finds the oar. He explains that with one oar, he can only send the party one way, and it will need the other oar to return, as both oars are anchored in time and space. The cost of navigation means the party will get lost once at some point in the future, no matter any successful navigation rules. If the quest is accepted, Arok drifts off into the water, the boat begins to sink and merge with the water, pulling the party under the surface. And once submerged, the party will travel to where you wish it to go. Once on the other side, the ore will need to be found and recovered, perhaps from another ferryman, Akor, who claims his other ore has been stolen. The resolution, of course, in this encounter is that the ore may be found, and if used on a boat in the water, will return the party to Arok. However, the party may need to decide who actually owns the oars, Arok or Akor. Both claim ownership and will offer their ferrying services. And the twist? Are Arok and Akor members of the same family? Is their history one of conflict? What if Arok denies all knowledge of Akor? Do they in fact exist in some mirror dimension? Okie dokie, so I hope this gives you a better flavour for Arok and maybe a way to link up two encounters into one. But for now, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's get back to this argument at the side of the body of water. Oak. Right, so what's going to hook the party into this encounter? First up, location. The thing about bodies of water is that you can sling them pretty much anywhere you like. When it comes to world building, my approach is usually to start only with what the party touches and build out from there. But if you prefer to build a world before the party gets there, no problem. Because however you build your setting, if you're thinking right now that the party's absolutely nowhere near a body of water, so we can just dismiss this encounter completely for now, 
then think again. As you've just heard from the two cards there, the beauty of this encounter and of Arok and his little fairy is that any body of water will do. What does that mean? Well, it means that if the party is nowhere near a sea right now, for example, hey, isn't that a river over there? Or a stream running through the town? Or a large or small lake? Or a pool of water underground? Or a sewer? Or yeah, a really large puddle? Wherever the party is right now, I'm not sure there's anywhere you couldn't sling this encounter before the players and have it make sense. So that's the location sorted. We know that at some point, wherever the party is, they could encounter this scenario. But what's going to draw the players in? Ever been to an airport? Or a train or bus station? Ever witnessed the tension within those about to travel? The worry and hassle about missing a flight? Or about not being able to find the tickets? Or about being first in line for the best seat? Or about being nervous travelling? It's a hotbed of unbridled tension, with tiredness and anxiety and entitlement and more. How many times have you seen this kind of tension spill out into an argument? I don't know about you, but for me, it's so much fun to watch. It draws me in. It's like, it's like a soap opera on TV. As we sit there waiting for our flight, witnessing people very much on the edge, remonstrating with others about whatever they think is important to them. And so there's arguments, pushing and shoving, misunderstandings, all this conflict with every single person just hell-bent on getting their seat in that plane or train or bus. I mean, yeah, maybe that's just me and you've not had that experience. But hey, what can I say? I like to look for conflict. So anyway, coming back to this encounter, think about how that type of conflict might look here, except in more of a fantasy setting, maybe. I reckon it'd be very similar, albeit with swords and magics. So we have the party rock up to or pass by a body of water. They see a big argument happening. They see the ferryman just waiting patiently until those arguing sort out who's getting on board first. That scenario in itself might be enough to draw your players in, if they're anything like me, that is. As I've said before, whatever you describe, whatever you narrate to the players about what's happening, will have a really high chance to be seen as relevant to the players. Because if it wasn't, why would you mention it, right? So they might ask you about the argument. Who's there? What do they look like? What are they arguing about? If the players don't take that hook, there are two more things you can add into the mix here. First, maybe you're aware that the party really needs to travel somewhere pretty fast. And so what you're presenting here is a mode of travel just at the right time. And so whatever this altercation might be about, it doesn't really matter because here's the party, here's its need to get from A to B, and hey, here's something that can get them there fast. And the second thing you can add into the mix, as narrated in the card, is that within these two groups of folks at odds with each other is someone the party knows. Maybe it's an NPC they had described to them, or someone they've been looking for, or someone they've seen before and is now appearing to act out of character with how the party saw them the last time they met. So there you have three potential hooks to entice the players into thinking this is an encounter worth spending some time on. First, the chance to get involved in an argument that could very well break out into battle. Second, the opportunity to grab hold of a fast mode of travel to where the party needs to go next. And third, the introduction of someone the party knows. If, having presented all this to them, the players still fancy walking on past, again, that's no problem at all. As DM or GM, it's your job to shove conflict in their face, but it's definitely not your job to make sure they face that conflict. I reckon over time, as you get to know your players from their play in-game or from chats in the session zero and beyond, 
you'll have a decent idea whether an encounter like this will be one they'd be up for. But like I say, you can't force it. If in the moment the players are hell-bent on doing that thing they've been talking about, then for you it's just about going with the flow. Remember that it's not just your game. You've given them pause to think, some time for you to breathe, and whilst they work through whether or not to engage in this encounter you've just presented to them, time for you to catch up and plan a few ideas in your head about what the players will face next as their characters arrive at the destination they're so hell-bent in reaching. But I'll tell you this, Anytime I've used Arok the Ferryman, if you introduce them well, the players will more than likely always engage. The hook in this encounter may well be the argument, or the need to travel, or probably more than those things this person in the party knows. But the meat of it, the real enticement you'll be able to tease out in dribs and drabs during the heightened tension, is very likely to be this ferryman. Sitting there quietly, patiently, giggling at this bird hopping around in his boat during the tumult, just waiting until his price is paid. Conflict. Okay, so we've drawn the players in. They want to engage with this encounter. From their words around the table, you'll have picked up why they want to engage, what their purpose might be. And so by this point, they'll have talked about dealing with the argument, or about securing passage somewhere in the ferry, or about talking to the person they know, or maybe all of the above. If they go into the encounter and you don't know what the plan is, once again, it's just about asking. It's about saying to the players, right, so as you approach these groups, what's the plan? As easy as that. And once you have that plan from them, you can let the encounter flow out from there, focusing on the suggested conflicts the card lays out. So if they want to deal with the argument, you're thinking, okay, what are the groups arguing about? Is it about securing passage on the ferry? If so, where does each group want to go? Why do they say their needs to go uh, there is more important than that of the other group. And the places they each want to travel to, what's strange about them? Why have the party never heard of these places? Why do these groups think a simple ferry could take them so far away? And if the party gets involved, how will each of the groups react? Will a battle get incited? Or will there be a pause in the arguments and a chance for each group to refocus and negotiate? How it all goes down, of course, will depend on how the party engages. What each character in the party does to begin that engagement, how they come across, whether they're brandishing weapons, what their demeanour is in approaching the groups. So to help you work out how to develop the encounter from here, this is where you start asking the players these questions. Their answers will help you visualise in your mind how the party would come across in this situation and therefore how both groups who are already filled to the brim with tension might react in response. I mean yeah, you could have this planned out already, but for me, if you allow the scenario to unfurl like any normal conversation or fight in real life, it can feel more organic, less forced. So all you're doing, having presented the situation to the players who now want to engage, is asking them how they want to engage, what their characters are actually doing or saying, and thinking, okay, well I'd imagine if that's how they're coming across, this is what the groups would do. As I think I mentioned in the last episode, the only constants you have here are the presentation of the conflict and how it may play out if the party doesn't engage at all. The rest really needs to flow as a natural response to how the players engage. Again, I can talk about this in future episodes if you like, so just let me know if that's the kind of thing you want me to touch on. But for now, that's the first conflict, the argument itself. 
The second conflict is about speaking to this person they know. So the natural first question is, well, who's this NPC? Have a think about someone in your game that's important, or maybe someone connected to who's important. Has the party met this person already? Why would this person be here? Where do they need to go? Why are they within this group? Is this group protecting this person? Or is this person trying to remain hidden within this group? Perhaps as a spy or informant? So yeah, who they are and what's their motivation right now? Again, how this plays out, whether the person will be interested in speaking with the party, will depend on how the party engages with the encounter. If the party comes in all guns blazing, will the person be as forthcoming in relaying the information they might have? Or will the person instruct the group around them to fight the party and allow them to slip away? So depending on who this person is, what they want right now, and how the party approaches them. Have a think about who in your game might move things forward, who might be able to give the players information, a goal to achieve, a challenge to meet, and as always, just play it out to see what happens. And the third conflict, well, it's all about securing passage in the ferry, right? Where does the party want to go? Will it pay the price Arok spells out to them? The thing about Arok is that, well, he's so happy. And I think I've designed him this way to try and avoid the trope of the dark ferryman you tend to see everywhere, guiding the party down the river Styx and so on. But here, although he's so happy, he's a price, and that price is neither negotiable nor capable of being explained. What does he mean by passage costing the, the party its navigation? Does it mean at some point the party will get lost despite any successful rules? Does it mean navigation in the sense that, again, at some point, they don't know where to go next or who to turn to? Here's where you can listen to the players wonder about this. And if they say something pretty cool, if they think that losing their navigation might mean this or that, if you've not really got a clear plan for this, then here's where you take what they as players come up with. And yeah, just make it that. So you jot it down and some way down the line when the players are traveling somewhere or wondering about what to do next, that's where you tell them, guys, sorry, for some reason, you're not getting a clear understanding about this. It's a fun mechanic, taking away the, the party's ability to navigate. But of course, as always, remember player agency. So don't overuse it or take away their ability to work their way around it. But before you get to that point, of course, the party has to go onto that ferry. But there are two groups in the party's way, each of which has a burning need to get on it too. They won't be too happy if the party tries to sneak in and take it first. So again, if the party tries to go on the ferry, depending on how it's going about this will dictate how the group, and of course how Arak, uh, responds and reacts. The one thing you can make sure of is that it's not easy. And this is also your job, not to make it about winning or losing the encounter you present to the players, but to make it challenging for them, perplexing, interesting, memorable. Of course, once again the players might be telling you in their words and their actions that they don't even want to go on the ferry, the person the party knows is more important. And even if this person is only willing to talk if the party ensures they can get them onto the ferry, you might end up with a situation that to the players, in fact, the ferry isn't important to them, and that's fine. But it doesn't stop you introducing Arok once more somewhere down the line, when maybe the party has less pressing things to attend to, or there's a more definite need that Arok and his ferry can help it meet. However it plays out, I'm sure you can see just how packed with total conflict this little scenario can be. 
Just remember not to get too tied up in the details of the conflicts and to relax a bit more. To present it as best you can and then just let it flow depending on how the players engage, what questions they ask, what responses they give you to your queries about how the characters are approaching the situation. If you tee it up and let it flow like this, you can end up with an encounter the players will never forget and with a ferryman and mode of travel they want to hold on to for the rest of your game. Resolution. And so we come to the end of this encounter. The players will know the encounter's over once the conflict you've presented has been resolved. If there's a battle with the party in the groups, the battle is won or lost. If there's a negotiation, the outcome is agreed or not and then played out. How the encounter resolves, therefore, should be thought out in advance, but only loosely. Because like any other situation in life, everything will depend on what's happened and how it's happened. My approach is to think only of how the encounter is placed before the players, what they see, hear, feel, smell and so on, and of how the encounter would play out if the party doesn't engage. So if the party just walks on and ignores it completely, that's absolutely fine, but they're operating in a setting that doesn't revolve around them. So the encounter will happen anyway, and here you'll have in mind how the argument between the two groups would end. Who would win any fight or negotiation? Who'd go onto the ferry? Where would they go? What would that mean for the group who didn't go on the ferry? What would this person the party knows do next, depending on all that? And most importantly of all, how would this affect the world around the party? If you have this in mind before you present the encounter, if you connected all this to something relevant to the party, this means you'll have a better idea about what might happen next. Yep, the players might not want to engage, but whether they want to or not, the decision will have clear consequences either now or later. And because you've set it up this way, they'll understand that it was directly as a result of their own decision right here that this thing then happens. And that can really help keep your players invested in how things are developing. So I have, I think, most importantly about the resolution of the encounter without the party engaging, but also more loosely, what might happen depending on how they resolve those three conflicts we've just worked through. Twist. The wonderful twist in the tale, of course, is something you've kind of thought already about. If the party crosses either or both of the groups, do they honestly think that's going to be the end of the story? Why would those crossed in this encounter just accept it and move on? The decisions and approach of the party here will have a direct bearing on the motivations of others. And those others will go on living and breathing beyond the sight of the party. And so they'll scheme, they'll track the party, they'll hunt the party. And at some point, maybe when the party least expects it, the group will have expanded and could pounce on the party or make the party's own quest goals more difficult even if the group itself has nothing to do with the quest the party's on. Decision and consequence, that's the name of the game here. But of course, another twist could be more to do with our Arok the Ferryman. Remember the card from the, the patron deck I ran through before? Maybe after all's said and done, but at the point of ending this encounter and moving on, maybe Arok looks at the party with a smile and tells it that he's missing that oar, that the only way of returning from where the party travels is by getting it back. And there you have that next awesome encounter teed up perfectly. And there we have it, four encounter cards down, and the next one up could be one of yours. Let me know where the party in your game is at the moment, or where it's soon to travel, and let's get a random encounter worked out that you can throw at them. What kind of experience do you want the players to encounter? 
what do you want to tell them about this place or about what's coming up next? Pass me a premise, an idea or two, and we can get this into a card and chat it through in an upcoming episode. Hopefully you saw this in action with Paddy Gillen's awesome premise last time. So hit me up online and let's see what you've got. Meantime, please help spread the word. If you see me posting this, your retweets and shares and likes will really help me make some noise. You can catch this on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and loads of other places, including on my socials at Vengers Dex. If you subscribe and turn on the notifications, you'll be the very first to know when the next episode's out, and I can tell you the next one is going to be huge. As always, I'd love to thank my outstanding patrons for inspiring me every day to keep going, and for helping me bring this podcast to your eyes and your ears. I'm just getting started with my Patreon, and as a channel for you to support my work, and I'm going to inject it with loads of stuff in the coming weeks and months. If you want to join the gang and scoop up a host of tools and resources to help you as a DM or GM, fire over to patreon.com forward slash fingersdecks and take a look. It would mean the world to me, but most importantly, I hope you'll find it could really boost your game. So please, once again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for watching, listening, sharing, liking and subscribing. Watch out for the next episode coming soon, which I for one can't wait to show you. Thanks also for being a part of this and have a great day.